blue button. Uh, yes. <laughs> Hello. Can you? Uh, is everyone there? Can you hear me? Let me know if you can hear me. No, I can. Um, uh, Ella, it's fine. I uh, for some once again, they're just the trouble with the, the trouble with the tech getting reasonably sophisticated is that um, uh, more things, more updates happen, which screw everything up. So this time, for whatever reason, uh, my am I coming through nice and loudly, or am I? Well, what was the sound levels like? Is it all right? Um, it looks all right from where I'm sat, but uh, it's kind of hard to tell. Uh, what's? Let me just check my decibels. Uh, let me just go down to 0.5 there. How's that? Is that still nice and clear? You can hear. Nice, lovely, lovely, lovely. Got sound. You can hear me. Marvelous. Um. Oh. Right. Let me close all these blinking settings then. Close. For some reason, my Yeti keeps re resetting itself and being very grumpy. But I, I think possibly it's a good thing because it might mean that I've. I've stopped it from doing the thing where it randomly gets louder and quieter. But who knows? We'll never know because you're all here to talk about with me, ask questions about the West Yorkshire Mass Transit System, which I'm excited about. Uh, this is, this is, this is a, it's a good report. It came out, when did it come out? It came out a while ago, didn't it? Um, uh, hey, Matt. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Lewis. Ryan. David. Simon. Lee. Richard. Everyone's here. Donald. Graham. Uh, marvellous. There's loads of you here, which is excellent. Um Oh, hello everyone. Well, let, let's get my stupid big face up. Hello. Hello everyone. Hello. I've got tea. There's tea. I've got an increasingly heavy, hairy head. Uh, and I've also got a plate over there which had five Jaffa cakes on it and now doesn't. Uh, yes. Anyway, yeah, this episode's going to be uh, it's going to be all about leads. This is the 50th episode. Yeah, good work, uh, Ryan Hogg. This is the 50th episode of Rail Matter. Make of that what you will. I don't know how, it's, how we've managed it. Um, oh, crikey. Um, so, <laughs> let's do this thing. Right. Uh, first of all, the news. Uh, yeah, let's see what's in the news. First of all, um, the Green Party. Uh, there, there, there's, a, there's been a, well, okay, I, I, somewhat of overplay. It's not a split so much as the fact that the, the HS2 for Greens have kind of gone public. They've launched a website. They've uh, listed off all of their... Kind of the the kind of the leaders in the uh, within the party who've got involved, but they represent a lot of people saying, "Oh, there's only a few of them on the website," but they represent a much larger group of people who are dissatisfied with Green Party transport policy, um, mainly because there isn't one; it doesn't exist. There is no transport policy in terms of the Greens. It, it's totally incoherent. So that's basically what this group has appeared. They, you can go and have a look at what they're up to on uh, hs2.green. Nice little URL there. Um, go and see what they're up to. In any case. Um, that has happened in the news, and I wrote about it on Medium, so you can go and find that as well, um, which has annoyed quite a few Greens for various reasons. Um, in any case, yeah, that's fun. Go and read it. Uh, there's discourse on Twitter about it, so that'll all be fun. Right, next. Ah, yes, this is this is a thing that's happened recently within Network Rail. Uh, annoyingly, I couldn't find a nice picture of some softwood timbers that, on my own collection. Uh, not that it was high enough resolution anyway. Um Softwood sleepers in the UK have reached the end of the line. That's it. They're done. Um, they're as of I think July this year. That'll be the end of them. They are being replaced by um, Sycut. I think it's Sycut, isn't it? That's uh, they're replacing them with with these, which are what I call park bench sleepers. Um, in that they're kind of the material. They're quite light, but they, they basically behave like timber sleepers. But um, they are, uh, shall we say, um, 
they're, well, they're plastic. They're they're entirely created from recycled material, and they can be 100% recycled afterwards as well. They stand up and survive quite a lot better than than softwood timber sleepers. And more importantly, they don't need um, uh, they don't need creosote, which is a horrible toxic thing to to dump on the on the track. So it doesn't mean that all timber sleepers disappear, and you'll still have, find hardwood long timbers around. But in terms of softwood, sort of your standard uh, sleep wooden sleeper around the track, that's it finito it's gone the end um so there you go so that's exciting um keep your eyes peeled for that uh oh yeah this muppet um billionaire likes things the way they are yeah that's the the, t- the headline um so i was incredibly disappointed to see an enormous amount of you know something you like about bill gates and i, I don't necessarily hate the guy he's, he's no elon musk fine but he is a billionaire and he has a vested interest in everything staying precisely as it is. He had an unbearably fawning amount of coverage earlier this week on the BBC and on Wired going on and on about um, uh, going on and on and on about uh, his plan to save the world. Except that it isn't a plan to save the world. It's a plan to basically keep everything the same as it is and hope that technology saves us. Now, where have I heard that before? Uh, oh, yeah. Gadget bans, Hyperloop, The Loop, all this tech focused nonsense. Um, and, and it ended up with a lot of people saying, oh, isn't HS2 a tech-focused thing? No, it isn't. HS2 is merely part of... If, have you not been listening to all of what I've been saying? No, it absolutely is not. HS2 is about uplifting our existing railway capacity. There's nothing There's nothing like entirely tech-focused about it. it is merely, the tech is merely adjacent to what it's actually doing, and that's kind of what it's all about. Your solutions to climate change aren't solutions if they are not people-focused. If they're focused around fancy, snazzy tech, particularly fancy, snazzy tech that doesn't exist yet, it is not a solution. It's pie in the sky. Um, yes, I do need the Soviet anthem drop. Oh, man, I should get, I need to get drops on the go. The thing is, I'm not. there's too much going on already. I'd just end up at some point in the future, maybe. Anyway, um, yeah, so um, basically, stuff that guy. Of course he wants everything to stay the same. He flies everywhere in his blinking private jet. Right, this is fantastic. Right, the the the, the National Rail Museum have got a really interesting online exhibit going on at the moment that you should all go and look at. Um, the fantastic Charlotte Kingston, I think, has um, has curated it. Uh, and it's got, so I think they're, they're kind of releasing it in stages. So there are six people up now at the moment, I think, on, on the online um, uh, exhibition. And it's talking about uh, railway heroes. I, I, yeah, I don't like the, necessarily like the word hero, but they are, the the idea here of the exhibition is that it's talking about railway people who have done extraordinary things as part of the pandemic. Um, I think almost all, if not all of them, have ended up going on, you know, coming out of the rail industry and going into health related things. Um, they are awesome photos. It's an awesome uh, exhibition. I strongly recommend. Uh, go in giving it a look just google uh, national rail museum railway heroes exhibition you'll you'll find it no problem but it's fantastic so big shout out to the national rail museum you're all awesome uh everyone involved in the museum i just uh miss it desperately and i think you're all i love you all um and i look forward to being back at some point soon in any case that's that uh oh yeah <laughs> people are talking about the uh the, the fixed link to northern ireland again We've done this, though, everyone, haven't we? We've, we've already been here. Episode 33, we covered this. Um, and the fact is that, of course, it can work. You can make anything work. It's whether it's a good idea or not that's the bigger question. Um, and so, yeah, um, I don't even think this is actually Bojo who proposed this. I think it was the... They used to be called HS Rill. Now they're called something else. 
the high speed rail group i think they're called now they, they seem to have proposed it i think as an idea um I don't think it's necessarily a government thing. Hendy, as part of his like uni- State of the Union review, no, that's not what it's called. What is it? Union Connectivity Review might well be looking at this as well. We'll see. In any case, um, yeah, <laughs> uh, just watch this episode and you and you find out everything you need to know. Uh, oh, right, we're, we're there. That's it. The news is done. So we're already 10 minutes in. Don't worry. Um, I'm not doing it again, Matt. I'm just merely pointing out that we've been there before. Uh, and people just need to look at that episode if they want the, want the chat. So we're going to talk about the West Yorkshire Combined Authority very briefly. Um, uh, but before we do that, well, actually, wait a minute. Let me just click click a thing. Uh, oh, actually, what I need to do is, um, before I even do that, I need to I need to actually say we're live. Wait, watch this. Uh, we're on the move now. Uh, there we are. Just click that. Let's collect up, scoop up some people. There we are. Marvellous. Um, right, let's let's do this thing. Let's Let's go. So... We're going to talk about the West Yorkshire Combined Authority once after the after the intro credits. All that really remains is for me to sort of say, um, "Welcome to tonight's Rail Matter." City fades out. Oh, let's bring that slide back. And in fact, while that while the music fades out, let's also bring up my miniaturized uh, noggin. Uh, hello, hello everyone. Hello, I'm back. My face has returned. So, um, oh, <laughs> so uh, yeah. Don't ask any more questions about the island thing. Go and watch that episode and read the chat in there. There's plenty of good stuff in there. Uh, Wyka needs a logo mark, says Richard Smith. Yeah, quite possibly. White Rose, to be honest. Sarah, I think you're right, yeah. Um, in any case... Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, don't worry. I did the sound check to make sure that the intro video worked. Um, everyone's got their bingos out. Right, let me focus, let me focus. There's going to be a relaxed one, because it's just me again. Oh, yeah, I'm here. I forget, I'm in the corner. It's just me again, so um, kind of a nice relaxed one. Send your questions in. Um, and, uh, we don't, you know, we'll, we'll kind of cover this in quite a relaxed way. I've got the PDF up, so here it is. I've got the PDF here. Uh, thanks to Ella for converting the PDF from, from whatever weird sort of online viewer thing it was. But to be fair, I should have just used Inspect Element on the old uh, Chrome to pull the PDF out. In any case, I got what I needed. Uh, whoopsie. Um, yes. So first of all, let's talk about Wyka briefly as a bit of context. So, um because it means we talk about kind of more broadly about devolution. So devolution was popular quite recently, and then we voted in the current government, and they hate devolution. So um, all of the powers that we were seeing, you know, it's relevant to some news articles that are being hinted at, at the moment, which is that Northern Powerhouse Rail is going to be massively de-scoped and turned into nothing. Um, uh, and that's and that's, you know, that's currently a, a closed board meeting going on at Transport for the North that, by the way, have all of their board meetings in public. They've made transparency a thing. Um, Transport for the North was a bit of a boys talking shop um, for a while. And I use that specifically. I say boys talking shop because there, it was a bit of a male ego thing at the top, a little bit of em- male empire building. However, a lot of good stuff was going on behind the scenes. Um, and they fell behind in my eyes compared to Midlands Connect because Midlands Connect really got stuck in and created some fantastic plans that I've yet to see government shred 
at the moment. But the trouble is, Transport for the North have more on their plate, if you like. There's a lot more to be done um, across the the Pennines, you know, for, right the way across from Liverpool through uh, across the Pennines over to the to the East Coast. So more to be done. In any case, um, so Wyka reappeared. Uh, when was it? It was in. It was kind of. I think it was a proposed in. When was it? Was it 2015 or 2014? Yeah, so I think it was. Yeah, I think it was 2014 when Wyka became an actual thing. It was suggested in 2012. It was part of the devolution agenda of the Cameron administrations, um, and uh, and so they started getting a bit of power, much like all the other combined authorities that have started appearing. The point is, they're kind of a, a city region sort of authority thing that has some powers and some devolved powers and some transport powers. Um, a little bit related to passenger transport executives. We need to get an expert in to talk about the passenger transport executives and how they all tie together. In any case, um, uh, this is going to have, uh, there is going to be in May this year, going to be elections for uh, the, the the West Yorkshire mayor. That's going to be a thing. We'll see how that goes. Is it Brabin who's running for it? No, that's not right. Anyway, I can't remember. In the chat, who's running for mayor? Tell me. Um, uh, yeah, correct. Uh, yeah, Wyka is basically West Yorkshire Passenger Transport Executive slash Authority, but with added functions. Yeah, yeah, 2014. Yeah, nice one. Thanks, Lee. Um, yes, uh, this uh, uh, we're gonna. T- so there are also there are two new two rail ladder episodes we're gonna have that'll tie into this. Actually, I think probably the one we've already had is we'll cover it in most detail, which is the structure one. So uh, just what structure should railways should Britain's railways have anyway? Kind of covered what an idealised structure would be, and Wyka fits into that. So, I, so I'm a, I'm a fan of Wyka. The existence of Wyka is a good thing. Um, it should have a passenger. Tra- it should have autonomy and control over its um, sort of passenger transport, particularly you know in, in control of the the kind of the metro system, the passenger transport executive system, and it should have its own branding associated with that, so people know when they're kind of taking local uh, local transit. In any case. Um, that's all there is to say really about Wyka, and it's kind of a bit of a without further ado, let's um uh without further ado, let's talk about the report. So that's precisely what I'm gonna do. Uh let's get the report up. So here it is. This is the uh, West Yorkshire Mass Transit Vision 2040. Um and we're going to go through uh we're gonna go through it. I have no plan. I only briefly yeah, it's Tracy Brabin uh, is running, yeah, yeah. Um vote for Tracy Brabin, come on, let's face it. Wait, is there any? Yeah, is there anyone else who I kind of want people to vote for in in those? Um, uh, yeah, well, I'm going to vote Tracy. In any case, I can be political. It's my own show. I don't care. Um, so West Yorkshire Mass Transit Vision. I'm going to go through this. I've not. I've no plan. I'm just going to go through it, and we'll see how far we get through. I'm not going to rush through it. We might not finish it. Um, I'll try and keep on top of time to sort of see to kind of keep us vaguely to the hour. Um, anyway, I'm excited because this. I, when I did flick through it, I was quite impressed. So, first of all, they're defining mass transit, which is good. So let's see how this is going. Um, West, I'm going to zoom in. How's the tech? For anyone's on their phone, this text is probably a bit small. I'm going to try and keep it. Do I want to keep it page by page? Uh, yeah, I'll try and keep it page by page for now because it just kind of makes my life a bit easier with kind of scooping through. Uh, Andrew Cooper is the green candidate, but is anti-HS2. Yes, sack that. Tracy Brabin for the win. Um, okay, right. So what is mass transit? Well, they're defining mass transit as a large-scale public transport system in a metropolitan area. Uh, yeah. Yeah. With its own brand and identity, typically mass transit would use one of one or more of modern high-capacity buses, trams, and tram train vehicles. No, they've 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 erred already because no mass transit. They've just missed out metro from that because mass transit includes metro rail, of course. So, yeah, 
they've fallen over already, but never mind. Um, so, so it is a large-scale public transport system. The metropolitan area is kind of irrelevant. Mass transit is just about moving people around. Um, and they're, they're just talking about the, kind of the wider plan. They're saying it's alongside cycling and walking. That's important. It's important to see it as part of the wider sustainable transport integration. So that's good. Um, mass tra- they're also kind of opening with a bit of a bold statement. Mass transit is likely to be expensive to construct. No, 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 no. Will be expensive to construct. But also deliver substantial benefits to West Yorkshire. It will support levelling up in the Northern Powerhouse. Ugh. There's going to be a lot of jargon in this, isn't there? Uh, mass transit will. Right, this is important. These bullet points are kind of important because they are what um, provide an idea of the priorities uh, and kind of the, the frames of reference, the terms of reference, if you like, for the for this report. So, Chris, you're right. West Yorkshire Metro is already a thing, yeah, but it's not a metro, is it? It's just a bit of it's a bit of local rail. There's 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 nowhere near metro capacities as we've talked about. Remember, metro capacity. If, for me to for me to be comfortable with a thing being called a metro, it needs to have at least ten thousand passengers per per direction throughput, um, and nothing in Leeds has that at all. Um, so uh, remember, by the way, if you um uh if you want me to spot your comments in the YouTube chat. At me in. Uh, all 121 of you watching, hello. Um, at me in, because I, I appear red and it allows me to spot things. Uh, Matt Reed, uh, stop second guessing, we'll get there. <laughs> We're going through the report. Um, right, so, help combat climate change. That's number one. Good, I'm glad that's number one. That's important. Connect West Yorkshire's important places. I mean, yeah, that that is correct. Um, and I think this will become a major theme in the report. Um, there are only a few places in the UK that have a nice, strong centre your kind of urban centre, most of the urban areas in the UK, um, certainly in Britain, are a bit more spread out. So places that come to mind, South Yorkshire, so like Sheffield, Rotherham, that, that like Barnsley, um, East, the, the East Midlands, that's very much kind of spread around. Uh, there isn't one single main urban hub. Um, you've got sort of uh, the, the Hampshire kind of conurbation, uh, the, the Scottish Central Belt, these places all um, are quite Glasgow, Edinburgh, obviously are kind of key focus. But, it, but even the Scottish Central Belt really operates as one urban uh, kind of urban uh, system, really, uh, and it's decentralised. And, and West Yorkshire is certainly one of those. So Leeds, people say this is the Leeds mass transit system. It isn't. It is the West Yorkshire mass transit system because Leeds is not. It's not the, not necessarily the place of the those densest um, kind of population build up it is the kind of the urban core of of one part of the west of west yorkshire but bradford is pretty densely populated um and actually there are several major urban hubs and we'll get to some of the maps that explain this point clearly um so uh let's have a look through yeah yeah mass transit likes to be expensive to construct but treasury has left the chat yeah richard that's pretty much the situation so the next thing connect west yorkshire's important place is good help rebalance the economy not a fan of rebalancing economy because this means nothing. Um, improve health and well-being. Yep, that's definitely true. And support economic recovery. Uh, so I, uh, things I'm a little bit annoyed about there are uh, making that they could just say things like making transport more inclusive because when you have a car reliant society, it is not an inclusive society. So that could have been further up the list there. In fact, they should have scrapped the silly help rebalance the economy thing and put something like. Uh, making West Yorkshire more tra- transport around West Yorkshire more inclusive. Anyway, right, we're on page... I don't know what page we're on because there are no page numbers. Um, so they've given us some nice bullet points. Oh, it's the same thing. By offering a new public transport transport option which increases capacity and provides an attractive alternative to car travel, mass transit will support and facilitate... Well, they've got some nice pictures, low-carbon 
stuff. Oh, low emission, low carbon, inclusive future. That's good. Okay, inclusive, low emission, low carbon. Because uh, it's not all about carbon. Emissions are horrible in cities. Um, uh, inclusive, yeah, so this is good. So ah, they've, they've, they've heard me and have changed the report while I was speaking, which is they've started talking about deprived communities, inclusive growth. Um, public transport generally serves rich places where it hasn't been developed much. So if you've got a tra- public transport system that hasn't been developed much, um, London is an exception, but most of the parts of, of Britain um, that have... So so Metrolink maybe is a, is a, is a kind of an example of uh, against that, but in the majority of British cities, public transport hasn't been expanded, and as a result of that, it's, it runs along existing lines which mean which generally serve richer places. So uh, public transport systems are not very inclusive in the country in this country because they've just not been developed properly. Um, sustainable development, regeneration of neighbourhoods. Yeah, so it's talking about place. It's it's really people and places. What transport is all about people and places. It's about enhancing pl- uh, people's experience of the place they live, allowing them to move around in it more in a more pleasing and pleasant and inclusive manner. Quality of life. Yes, this is good. I like this. It's talking about inclusivity, kind of uh, enhanced quality of life. It's good stuff. Uh, there's the thing about economy there as well, whatever. Oh, what they say. While we're planning for construction to start in the mid-20s, our plans are at an early stage. Yeah, best of luck with that. Here's a nice picture. And it's a picture of a tram with a bicycle and some laughing children. Hooray. Uh, oh, yeah. Artist visualization of mass transit at Leeds HS2. Oh, yeah, nice. So just implying this is utterly connected. Um... Uh, Richard Smith, rule of thumb, if no, one would, if no one would outright argue for the opposite, it's not a policy, it's empty rhetoric. Yeah, true. But it's important for setting the frame, kind of the mindset. They could be just talking about the economy and talking about business cases, and they're not. They're talking about inclusivity and kind of things that are actually important. Um, yeah, green, make West Yorkshire greener, more inclusive and better connected. This is, yeah, good, good, good. Um, so this is where I get nervous when I see the word advanced. Like, that word is meaningless when it comes to transport. What do you mean by advanced? Uh, this is why we propose building a modern world-class public transport system using new forms of advanced mass transit. Uh-oh. Where's the QI klaxon going off? It's, it's, it's going off in my ears. I am worried. Okay, well, let's see. This high-tech, seamless, sustainable mass transit system will connect. Well, okay. Yeah, 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 right. Let's see where we're going with this. So... Four priorities to boost productivity. Uh, here we go. We're slightly erring back towards treasury frame of re- uh, kind of terms of reference now. Enable inclusive growth, tackle climate emergency, deliver 24th century transport. Yeah, I'm unnerved now, but they've somehow flipped. And by the time they've said what the, their four priorities are, they've got boost productivity at the top. Hmm. Um, our vision for West Yorkshire is to be recognised. Blah, 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 whatever. So, um, okay, so they've got the th- four priorities. They've also got three challenges on the next page. So they've said the three challenges are COVID-19, connecting everyone, uh, and climate change. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, nothing really to argue about that. Right, lots of red atting. So um, let me just catch up with some of these uh, atting. So, uh, uh, yeah, Mer- Liverpool Merseyside is a disparate one as well, Gareth Williams. You're right. It's kind of spread out. Yes, Liverpool's in the middle of it, but actually it includes more stuff than that, you know, Birkenhead and so on. Um so there we go. Let me see. Oh, I forgot. I've got, I've got lost behind. Gareth was referring to a three-word. Different Gareth, by the way. Gareth Williams. Hi, Gareth. Uh, Gareth United. Um, connecting communities, boosting development. Da, 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 da. Feel that lack of inclusivity of age, ability, income is something people don't really don't even appreciate. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to come to some... I remember spotting something good in this about... Related to that and related to one of my kind of um, hills I like dying on, um, which we'll get to. Uh, where are we? So... 
Oh. Uh, so, sorry, Chris McKenna is saying, uh, serving rich places cause or effect. It's kind of a mixture, really. Uh, the places got rich because they're good public transport, and then we haven't changed public transport to keep up with those developments to then serve places that have developed that where people have been displaced or new places have developed that have lower incomes. We haven't then built public transport to serve those. So, yeah, it's kind of a mixture of the two. Um, TJ of some place. Does inclusive growth mean the same in the UK as it does in the US, which is paint a mural but kick everyone out making less than a six-figure income? No, inclusivity and inclusive growth in the UK, I'd like to think, doesn't mean gentrification. Uh, which is kind of what you're referring to, TJ. Um, that tram was very bus-like. Yeah, I know. I got nervous in the picture. Um, let's see. Uh, Graham Harris, glad you said it's not just about low carbon, but air quality in general. Yeah, absolutely. You've got a low NOx, uh, SOx. Uh, yeah, like uh, particulates, uh, rubber, blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah, no, thankfully the next picture wasn't a monorail. Uh, QI Klaxon isn't a Klaxon. I can't remember what it is, but it's a question in a Steve Fry episode. <laughs> Yeah, it's, we call call it. I'm calling it the QI class because everyone knows what it is. English is a common use language, right? Um, right, where are we? Connecting everyone on a goal and a challenge. Yeah, yeah, it's true. They have got connecting everyone as a goal and a challenge. Um, right, here we go. So this is a quite. I, I like this slide. I like this page. Sorry, which I'm going to explain in a minute. Um, what is better than? Oh, here we are. Which is better, the 2005 Leeds Supertram proposal or this new West Yorkshire Mass Transit System proposal? Well, kind of both and neither. The the Supertram proposal kind of made sense within the framework of, of Britain's tentative and pitiful approach to public transport. This is bigger and better. I, I prefer this if it gets any traction, which it won't because the Treasury still exists. Um, just going to bookend, not even bookend, I'm just going to put it out there. The likelihood of any of this going ahead is very low, with the treasury still existing as it does now, just putting it, just just saying, um, it's a siren horn alarm. Klaxon's a brand name. Thanks, Ella. The QI si- yeah, but QI Klaxon sounds great. Come on now. Oh, right. Let's talk about this page that is in front of us. I'm I'm vaguely keeping up with the chat. Um, yes. So this page for those who are just listening in audio only form, there's a there's a kind of it's a kind of a diagram with um two cities next to each other with kind of center to center connections um and then a town and a village with with connections as well uh they've got a little thing for suburb uh growth areas and they're kind of implying how these all interconnect with each other and i think there's another there's another dog yeah so they're kind of showing that like uh, you're going to rely on things like intercity rail between the cities local rail to the towns bus to villages it's got all kind of sensible stuff about the, if, if you like the hierarchy or the the the, well, yeah, hierarchy is probably the best word for it. The hierarchy of different types of transport. So, you know, local. Uh, so they've all, also what's important, and it's something that's important about inclusivity, particularly in relation to, to different travel patterns between men and women, actually, um, which themselves result from existing kind of um, prejudices. But that this is the reality. Is I'm glad they've talked about um, uh, kind of, You've got radial journeys, but also you've got circumferential journeys. So journeys that aren't like from center to center, but are actually like um, kind of trips, kind of tr- joining various trips up around the periphery of, a, of an urban center, which is something that we don't think about enough in um, in, in transport. Um, so, uh, so that so I quite like that. So they're talking about kind of this this type of connectivity. So they're not trying. So that this is a, the reason this is important. Um, uh, oh, I should have put that in as a slide, actually. The reason that this is important is because you have a... Basically, when you think about a public transport system, you need to not be duplicating or replicating um, existing connectivity that, that works. You also don't want to be putting the wrong system against the, the kind of the different types of, 
so, so the different types of people flow, you don't want to be choosing the wrong system for them. Um, nodes before modes is the thing that Ed Lee, uh, Edward Lee, who was in a previous episode talking about um, uh, road pricing, um, his, uh, from him I got the phrase nodes before modes. And what I mean by that is work out what the system should look like first, as in work out what the network looks like before you decide what mode of transport you're going to pin to each of the nodal interconnectors. So you know, a node being like a, a blob and a, a connector being a thing connecting the, the blobs. Um, so... Right. Uh, so, yeah, they're talking about, um, yeah, so this is where they're talking about, you know, walking and cycling being a, a way to connect between, uh, you know, kind of connecting. It's not just, you know, let's think about door-to-door connectivity here. So, that, you know, from your home to work, um, you know, you're going to be reaching mass transit via some form of active travel. Uh, and that's kind of the mode they're aiming for. What's good about this that I'm seeing, so they're, they're talking about micromobility, which is good. What they're not talking about anywhere that I've seen so far is stupid autonomous car taxi nonsense. So that's reassuring because it's, you know, these are just taxis. Uh, and the autonomous vehicles just should not feature in any vision of the future. They're just nonsense. They're just cars, folks. Anyway, right, so that's good. How mass transit addresses our challenges. Okay, so there's this waffly waffle. Yeah, we've, we're waffling now. So they've, they've listed out the stuff they've already... They've told us and they're telling us again and they're reusing their snazzy graphics, so that's fine. Um, the challenges and how that influences things. Talk about the fact that it's evidence-led. Well, that's reassuring. I mean, you don't really need to... Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's good that it's evidence-based, but everything says it's evidence-based and often lacks evidence for the fact that it's evidence-based. And basically, you can get when it comes to these sorts of reports at such an early stage, you can get the numbers to say anything you like. So we'll see whether it matches. You know, you can, if, if, you're fault, if you're trying to create business cases that, the treasure, that fit the Treasury's funding models, you can basically get them to say what you like based on what, you know, what, what knobs and dials you tweak and what inputs you muck around with. Um, how we develop the, so, so this is them describing how they've come up with this plan. Create a single evidence base. Now, what they mean by that, I think, is a thing that I'm currently doing with permanent rail engineering, which is establishing a load of data sets that can talk to each other and are on the same, essentially contained within the same map, basically. Um, I think that's what they're implying there, which is good. Identify the key communities connect. So that's taking that data, interpret it in a way that's standardized and say where there are gaps and needs. Um, identify the best transport for local communities. Um, I, I think three and four, so identify the best transport for local communities and four, identify options for improving connectivity. They're kind of the same thing. Again, you've identified the places that need to be connected. Now you're going to work out how best to connect them. Um, and then uh, number five is where they're talking about sifting options against those objectives, which is fair enough. That kind of seems sensible. Um, ah, so we're kind of getting into the, the good stuff now. So let me see. Uh, this is, it'd be good if I could get two pages up. Maybe I should, um, uh, let me have a think. Uh, just have a little play because it'd be quite good to have both pages up because a lot of these are like two-page situations, aren't they? Yeah, these are kind of two-page situations. Let me just um, uh, let me read mode. Is that gonna? Uh, yeah, possibly. I'm trying to get as much on screen, like maximize as much on screen as possible, and have as little else. It'd be nice if I could see if I control L that it does. It just does the single page thing. That's kind of annoying. Wait a minute. Uh, if I go to preferences now, let me page display. When I'm doing full page, is it going to let me? No, it's not. Full screen. Yeah. Um. Uh, ah, there we go. Now, if I do that, ah, there we are. Yes, good. I worked it out. Hooray! 
Good. So, uh, I knew there was a way, possibly. So, this is kind of an implication of what that initial map looks like. So, so I was talking about this create a single evidence base. This is kind of what they've done here. So, you've got, and, and I like this. I think there is, a, hopefully, there is a version of this map. I think they've got a version of this map in the other documents. So, there are two documents, actually, a part of this. There's the, the kind of the spatial... Uh, uh, analysis and then there's the and then there's the thing specifically about mass transit we're looking just at the mass transit one but i think this report uh, this mapping gets explored in good detail um in the other report which you can you could which you can go and have a look at and download on the wiker website so so i don't know if this gets broken down into if i was through yeah i don't think it does it's just the basis for kind of that, that underlying map uh, kind of the underlying sort of data set that enable them to work out what needs to connect what but it does give you a good hint of what I was talking about in terms of disparate population centres, because you have five major cities in West Yorkshire. I should have done, should have given everybody a warning for flicking around. Um, <laughs> Richard Smith, if you told me in 2019 that one of my favourite, well, favourite YouTube series, Richard, what you old charmer, um, would involve someone reading a PDF to a live audience, this is what is happening, folks. <laughs> um, yes, so. Here is uh, here are the five cities. You've got Bradford, you've got Leeds, you've got Wakefield, you've got Huddersfield, you've got Halifax. These are the five major urban centres in West Yorkshire. Um, yes, Leeds has the greatest sprawl, but actually Leeds is formed of lots of towns. And by the time you kind of get into places like, I don't know, Morley or, or kind of Batley, you, you're kind of halfway towards the others. And the whole thing is a large urban sprawl. Um, so, so the reality is these are all, these are kind of the five urban core kind of five urban cores and then there's just urban sprawl spreading around them and connecting lots of them up and you can sort of see that the kind of the there is a reasonably sensible kind of dotted line that then links to then south yorkshire so it is sensible to to, to think of it this way um uh sarah noble points out a lot of west yorkshire is just rolling suburbia yeah it really is um uh, i've got my friends friends slash friends parents live up in uh, up in cookridge up here big shout out to the cookridge massive um and uh and yeah it's just like you you cycle when i've cycled from cookridge into into the city or, or vice versa or you get the bus whenever there is one it's just sprawl 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 and then whenever i've kind of cycled out the other end this is all just sprawl and, and kind of it's just sprawl big sprawl and without any mass transit i'll, I'll point out so um yeah, so th th this is quite good. This map, and, and, and it's uh, you know they've so they've they've pointed out they've, they've pointed out sort of the the urban hubs. They've also pointed out kind of priority areas for economic support. So that's kind of the areas that have a bit of a shit time of it economically. Um, uh, you know, higher propensity for lower income people to live, various deprivation measures, so on and so forth. Uh, there's like a, there's, there's this yellowy patch, which is the spe spatial priority areas. I have absolutely no idea what those mean, but I presume they're like areas set aside for priority development, possibly because there's former industry there that could be made use of, I, I don't know, you know, um, brownfield sites. I, I suppose that might be what it's referring to. If I look down at uh, between Halifax and Heckman Dyke and Huddersfield, yeah, you can see that to me looks like lots, you know, and Brighouse looks like lots of former industrial areas that need some love. Um, pinky areas, environmental resilience. Well, there's not many of those. There's some up. Was that is that Hebden Bridge? No, no, that can't be. It's not. It's too. Um, oh no, maybe it is actually. Yeah, there's some kind of environmental resilience kind of priority areas over on the uh, kind of uh, where, where will that be? Kind of not Calder Valley. No, that's further north than that. Um, kind of on the on the the 
west of the of the kind of the conurbation there's some environmental areas and then they've got various dots referring to like empo- employment growth areas and housing growth areas well yeah whatever um and but these are important all these data sets overlie each other and allow you to get a feel for where it's a good idea to uh, to to kind of expand mass transit and this is the route they've this is the journey they've gone on to develop what end up being i think nine different lines uh, look in the corner for the details on the economic support stuff um which corner yeah i'm referring to yeah 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 i've got that's i think that is what i'm referring to oh you can't see my mouse can you um so that then leads to this development of what looks like quite a complicated map and i'm glad they've not chickened out from making it a complicated map because it's it kind of shows how comp, you know how, how integrated and how overlaid the system has to be this map um oh, i did have a pdf of the actual map somewhere didn't i i wonder why i put that anyway i think it gets broken down into further detail later on so um here we are so this is a page so the previous page was like their plan for regional growth so they're talking about what the plans are for spatial development in the city and then the next page this this double page spread with the with the nodes and connectors map if you like it's about mass transit um and as part of an integrated transport system which is good so it's talking about mass transit linked to cycling walking bus and rail um so so with, with mass transit sort of sitting above bus um and below sort of local and, and urban rail um i think that's basically the hierarchy which is yeah which is which is good i suppose i, th- I think the issue the issue i'm going to find with this is that one of the things it does it, it, because of the way that spatial planning works in the uk and how little power the the, the authorities have the, the kind of the regional authorities have and how little government spends on proper public transport you know major public transport projects outside of london um one of the things that leeds would benefit from would be you know uh, really high density rail services connecting things like Leeds and Bradford. HS2 is an enabler of that to an extent, but there are still there are still changes that you'd make at a rail level. So perhaps above this sort of above the the the, uh, the realms of this report that the, I'm, I'm using rabbit ears here, the mass transit kind of above that, because um, rail is mass transit. But in, in any case, yeah, we'll we'll still go with it. I'm, I'm just, it. That's kind of where it sits. It sits above bus and below rail, basically. So talk about okay. They've they've listed yet again. They've listed all their benefits, which whatever. But what we're going to do now is uh, oh, it's more quotes and design principles. Mass transit will be a new form of uh, transport for West Yorkshire. Will be integrated into the urban fabric of every community it serves. Yeah, lovely. Um, now let me just let me just remind myself. Yeah, okay, good. This is the I was just checking. This is the report that I thought it was because I'm waiting for a page to come up with good stuff in it. Um, it is coming up, which is good. So. Um, a bold ambition for a new West Yorkshire transport mode. Well, it doesn't need to be a new transport mode. It just needs to be building an existing transport mode in West Yorkshire, please, folks. Um, anyway, this is just a page of waffle and nice pictures with an ice cream van down here. But they're not selling ice cream. They're selling mac and cheese, which, uh, to be fair, I'm at peace with. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that. Anyway, um, so they talk about these four design principles. So this is this is imp- again this is kind of important because it, it again it's 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 terms of reference it sort of sets sets the mindset of uh, of what they're of what the people creating the report basically these pa- sorts of pages reading between the jargon you get a feel for the sort of people who are behind the report and for me that is important so when I'm when I'm picking up um when I'm picking up this sort of document there's a load of waffle in it, and that just basically fades out. For me, it just sort of fuzzes up, and I don't see it. What I'm looking for is kind of reading between the lines and picking out the things that I, as an engineer, I suppose, uh, 
means that there are sensible people underneath it rather than just um i don't know i don't know who i'm going to cast within a, a, a negative brush here but ba- rather than just perhaps say um uh local authority people with with visions of grandeur rather than you know delusions of grandeur perhaps rather than it being based on a sensible plan i did it with the green party report um uh, oh i didn't go through that did i i need to go through that at some point if i've got a spare episode maybe we'll go through the green party um go through their proposals and talk about them in detail that could be quite fun i've not done enough scottish stuff recently um maybe that's one i'll book in in any case um so let's have a look at these these are their design four design principles the four design principles being people first environmental responsibility yep better connected and celebrating west yorkshire well okay the last one looks a bit bit flag wavy but um uh, but again it's about the stuff that's underneath that that's important those are all jargon jargony terms but it's the stuff underneath that's important so let's go to people first and you'll understand what i'm talking about so the first bullet point underneath people first is designed for people of all ages and abilities easily accessible low floor vehicles boom for me, that's good, that's important. It's being written by people who understand what they're talking about because there's an immediate understanding. Not only have they used the word low-floor vehicles, which is good, but they're understanding the fact that accessibility is critical for any new public transport system. So that's the number one bullet point under people first. Um, that's really good for me. Uh, and then they're listing things like multiple doors for quick and easy boarding. Well, yeah, safe spaces around stops. That is important, actually. Um, uh, they've said it's got to be affordable, easy to use, enjoyable, and stimulating. I don't quite know how you make a mass transit system stimulating, but uh, to be fair, that's the sort of, that's the sort of justification for things like art on the underground. So if that means that you have a um, uh, artwork incorporated into the mass transit, that it's not just you know a glorified bus stop with nothing on it, and then a tram pulls up. If they turn it into a, a system that um, has, you know, we just had the the episode last week with uh, looking at DC and looking at this absolutely iconic. Um, underground stations just you know having some passion that um yeah that that would be uh it, it's important that I, so perhaps that's what they mean by stimulating i'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt on that one um and they also say reflect the region's diverse communities and cultures that's that's uh that's been put in by committee i don't really know what relevance that has to a mass transit system to be honest um Environmental responsibility. The diversity of communities is important in terms of making sure that... But that kind of comes from ensuring that you're representing all the areas of... To be honest, that's likely to be ticked off by um, economic deprivation, uh, in honesty. So so kind of less clear on what the point of that feels like a committee added bullet point. Environmental responsibility. Zero emission at the point of use. Good-ish. <laughs> yes, obviously that's good. An attractive alternative to car travel. yes. Um, infrastructure resilient to climate change yeah that's important landscape to promote biodiversity yeah well yeah grassy tram stuff can be good uh sometimes landscape and to promote biodiversity air quality overall health yeah fine and sustainable management of surface water yeah okay so that's talking about not just having concrete everywhere which actually is an important thing to write down as a as a design principle to be honest um uh, Gareth Williams reckons that it's a good idea to um, to short to short circuit so that passengers are literally stimulated. Yeah, that could work. Free coffee machines on all trams would be stimulating. Yeah, um, yeah. So um, Gareth Williams, on your thing about North Wales, yeah, I think it is a topic suggestion. Don't worry, we'll get there. Um, better connected, integrated with local bus services. You'd hope. Yeah, the whole thing has to be connected, but that's that's a nice political aspir- it's a nice sort of sounding aspiration but that requires political change that requires all the buses to be brought in house or at least franchised so that's um yeah and that and it needs to happen in all, at least in the urban areas but frankly all buses across the whole country need to be re-regulated they, all buses need to be administered by regional and, and, and urban authorities so it's nice to say but whether that's a practical 
reality is is another question really uh connected to local rail services absolutely yet independently operated okay it's interesting that's a very interesting thing you see they've put in that to me tells me that the people who've put this together have a real a, a reckoning that they're not going to get con- proper control of um of heavy rail transport in the area so that so they're saying at least give us this uh, they're also talking about the link to HS2 and Northern Pass Rail, of course. Uh, I hate Northern Pass Rail as a name. It's absolutely stupid. Uh, uh, cycleways that complement mass transit routes, absolutely. Um, yeah, that's good. Uh, park and ride, yeah, park and ride. Cars don't disappear overnight, so you do need to incorporate some of the sort of transitionary um, tr- public transport things. Um, uh, yes, yeah, so it's uh, it's uh, it, it's an important thing to to. to incorporate park and ride into this sort of thing a sense of permanence and an ease of use it's interesting they've talked about the sense of permanence because this is something that um actually kevin if kevin's watching dr tenant um is the first person who really kind of made me think about it. in fact it was the first pub conversation dr david tenant and i uh, dr david dr david turner and i had i'm getting my doctors confused uh dr dt and i had uh our, our first conversation in our first pub in south london we um we chatted about the the importance of permanence uh, of public transport, I think I've talked about it in previous rail matters. Um, buses don't draw the same modal shift; they don't d- drive the same shift of away from cars um, that trams do. And part of that is the sense of permanence of that infrastructure. It is a, it is a, a sense of it, it, so having the permanent physical infrastructure there means that you there's in your head you're thinking, well, yeah, I can kind of rely on that public transport system to arrive because it's got it's got rails so nothing's going to kind of get in the way it's got reliability because there's a regular time to all the things that basically buses do do the same thing like there's not that much difference between buses and trams from a from a timetabling perspective but that sense of permanence is important and so um the fact they've mentioned it reassures me slightly about their advanced word that they used earlier um yeah richard smith permanence equals rails yeah absolutely um, and then the celebrating West Yorkshire one, which I'm a bit less like caring, but actually celebrating the built and natural environment again, it's an opportunity to to do something more than just the the bare minimum, which is the the normal Britain route when it comes to public transport. Add to and enhance urban spaces, support regeneration. Yep, respect existing spaces and neighbourhoods, build on their strengths. Yes, yes, absolutely. Build and retain skills. Yeah, I was going to say this is the bit that I was hoping would be uh, is the most important about celebrating West Yorkshire is the skills, grow the skills. The people who, you de- who grow the skills to design, to build, to operate and maintain this thing and keep them, keep them. And part of that is by not ending up accepting one poxy line as part of the, as part of the kind of the, of how the, you know, what the system's going to be, accept only an agreement of the whole system existing and just then, and then have it phased. Don't do the thing where you say, oh, well, we've been told that we can get one line and that's the end of that. And then it, and then it invariably goes goes super tram again don't keep the vision nine lines across the whole of west yorkshire and then this last stupid thing which is be a symbol of pride for west yorkshire uh, uh that's sort of doesn't need to be written down to be honest right learning from industry so this is what time is it right we're going to blast through this so this is about skills i think they're kind of learning from some of the challenges segregation for general so this is this is interesting they kind of undertook a, a some market testing and they came up with some bullet points um segregation segregation from general traffic is important yeah, absolutely bus mass transit rail have to be a part of an integrated system yep um preference depends on capacity need yep that's good technologies exist for autonomous operation oh the siren's going off 
Um, but only in a fully segregated environment, mass transit systems will require interface with car and or pedestrians, which will continue to need a driver for safety and passenger assistance reasons. So they've written it off. So autonomy, they've gone, oh yeah, it's rubbish. Forget that. Good. Battery technologies are advancing rapidly and it's realistic to plan for systems without overhead wires, See, which is fair enough. I, I'm, I'm uncomfortable with battery powered trams because you're adding a load of weight that for the most part isn't used and then it is used for a little bit. I prefer wires everywhere. But... Um, it is an enabling technology that, that kind of solves some problems. So I, I'm, in, I'm in two minds about it. Um, obviously, the, the, the smaller the section of unelectrified you have, the smaller your batteries can be. So there is a benefit to, you know, the, it's not just you have batteries, therefore your thing immediately becomes horrible and heavy. You know, it's, um, yeah. So this is good. This is something that came, the Cambridge Autonomous Metro has just miserably failed to do, which is um, uh, pull its head out of its own arse and actually look to the wider world and ask people. Because those, to be fair, for fairly five fairly sensible bullet points um and this leads to one of my favorite pages it's a page where they're talking about what constitutes a metro or a, a mass transit system also credit to them for not saying west yorkshire metro system they are saying west yorkshire mass transit which makes me happy because it means that they i, I don't have to hold them to the mass the metro thing like i had to do to south wales uh apologies to anyone who's uh who might be listening and gets upset about that. It still shouldn't be called a metro, even though it's, uh, you know, it'd be better, better if it was a South Wales mass transit system and had a branding and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, right. Let's move on. Advanced bus. So they've got four different things here. Um, four different mass, what they've called candidate technologies for West Yorkshire mass transit. I'm going to do them in order of, um, well, I'm going to do them in the order on the page, frankly. So they've got advanced bus rapid transit, which is a fancy word for saying buses. Um, and it kind of means buses slash trolley buses. Um, it's saying potential to be battery or hydrogen powered. So actually what they mean there, if they are looking to just battery or hydrogen power them, these are just buses, folks. They're just buses. Um, so it's talking about the fact that it's low-floored vehicles. It's got, it says it's a developing technology. Well, no, buses aren't a developing technology. Um, so that's that's the, the advanced bus rapid transit candidate technology, which is, which is just buses, folks. Uh, light rail slash tram. Um, yeah, so this is saying can run on street, can also be segregated, can be integrated with urban realm green spaces. Steel wheels on steel rails, absolutely. If it ain't got steel wheels on steel rails, it ain't a tram, folks. Uh, low floor vehicles, uh, multiple doors. Um, yeah, the good thing about this, so we'll come to this. Kind of, yeah, we'll, we'll come to the good thing about this page in, in a second. Uh, so they, they talk about the fact it's got overhead line. Um, doesn't need to be end to end if battery hydrogen powered as well. Uh, it's a proven technology, and they give some example cities. Where else? We're going for tram train. So um, this is sort of saying, yes, it can run on street, but it also can run on the same tracks as trains, steel on steel. Um, this is where the challenge comes. They acknowledge the fact that this means that they have to have high floor to use existing platforms or low floor but serving new platforms. Um, so there's an acknowledgement of an incompatibility there, which is good. Um, overhead line again, but can be battery. Yep, fine. Proven technology, but interface with rail can make challenging to implement. There's an, a realist acknowledgement there, which is good. And then they list some more cities. And then the last thing is a thing which I obviously need to do an episode on because, um, uh, yeah, uh, ultralight rail, and Richard Smith's already pointed out. So the the thing about ultralight rail is saying can run on street and it can run on segregated alignments, um, steel on steel. But it, the key thing, um, so it's saying, yeah, it's, it can have overhead line, but it doesn't need to be from end to end if battery developing technology, not in the UK. Coventry system is in development. 
The thing that's important in here, and this page is really good, is they're talking about system capacity. So they're saying, they're, they're realising the fact that the thing that drives the choice here is primarily capacity. If you, you want to have a, a high-capacity system, then uh, buses and ultralight rail don't cut it. And so it's saying here ultralight rail is 20 to 30 seats and uh, can carry up to 70 in total. Um, and then whereas with tram, it's saying it's got capacity of up to around... 200 people buses it's saying capacity of up to around 120 that's kind of optimistic to be honest it's usually a bit lower than that 80 or, or 90 is the, is or sometimes 100 as i've seen for the kind of the fancy buses um, if you like so um isn't manchester metrolink technically tram train um does it share any tracks with heavy rail I don't know if it does. if it shares tracks with heavy rail, even if it's freight, then it then it kind of does can't. But I can't remember. Does it anywhere? Um, yeah, Richard Smith, you're right. The tram train, non-tram train question is an important one for West Yorkshire because of how much rail there is around that you potentially need to incorporate into any system. You're, you're absolutely right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, could you have a rubber tired tram? No. Uh, so no, uncritical Simon. No, you can't. That the so the metros in Paris are rubber tired for because Michelin wanted to sell rubber tire to the to the Paris metro, uh, and also because their stations were too close together, so they needed to accelerate more quickly than than the traction motors and braking systems could deal with at the time with just steel on steel traction. It's entirely redundant technology now, and really they should strip all the rubber stuff out of the Paris metro. It's it's, it's junk. So. Uh, ultralight rail uh yeah we'll see where they talk about that shortly so uh, okay some stuff about skilled local labor and and um delivering and operating it supporting business growth yeah you can you know you source deliver kind of the supply chain it's good um helping give an area a buzz is noted against uh giving buzz well i mean that sounds kind of trite but actually um yeah that's sorry uh Owen O'Neill, yeah, you're right. Manchester tram don't share with any heavy rail, and they, yeah, they do have entirely separate signalling. That's kind of the defining feature. If this, if the tram system is using, basically, if it's mixed, if it's running with heavy rail, then it's tram train because it has to comply with all the safety features of, of heavy rail. Um, anyway, right, sorry. Helping give an area buzz sounds trite, but actually, it's not because it's it, you go to anyone in on the any businesses along the Borders Railway, um, and they will describe this feeling this concept the idea that suddenly a place is on the map and people are interested in going there because it's railway connected even if they don't actually use the train right so uh we're getting into the detail now so the 2040 west yorkshire mass transit vision so we have uh one two three four five six seven eight nine lines um nice rainbow spread of colors there uh um and you can sort of see the way that it's been overlaid onto our our nodes uh, and connectors map which is good um, so, uh, and we're going to go through each of them in turn. What time is it? It's 1957. Oh, golly. How many, how, how long is this? So we've got all the lines and then that's, that's, that's the end. Okay. Right. Okay. So we're going to go through all the lines and talk about them. So, um, the first line is, uh, the East Leeds, uh, route. So the, the, these aren't the names necessarily. These are kind of just the, uh, just the kind of the, the, the rough over overview names of these, of the route corridors, if you like. Um, but they have thought about them in fairly reasonable detail. So where, where stations would potentially be, how they tie in. They've also, so basically what I'm describing for anyone who's not watching this, um, these are double page spreads for each line. Um, they talk about kind of the main headline benefits of the, of the of the line. They give a nice zoom in of what that route might be. 
um they talk about kind of the number of people served by that by the kind of the the, the area of the city that's served by the line um a bit of a nice description about some of the things that will happen and then there's a little line map showing where stations might be and uh, and also kind of one of the key things there's a description of which um mode is is associated with this um with the route as well which is which is good so uh, and in some cases, I might not agree with these because for none of these, I think bus is a good idea. But it is—it's a transitionary technology that potentially allows a growth of—you uh, know—it's better than regular bus if it's segregated, and it allows passenger growth and a definement of a of a route, a line of route that can then be upgraded to tram. Um, so I'm in two minds about it. As long as it's not used as an excuse, it potentially enables the whole network to start existing, and then it can be expanded in, in, into into kind of rail-based systems later. So um, this is the East Leeds line. So it's connecting kind of from Garforth direction in towards Leeds. So it's going through, yeah, so it's like um, theoretically connecting up with the New Thorpe Park Station, going through Crossgates, um, Hare Hills, St. James Hospital, uh, the, the arena, LGI, and then into Leeds Station. Uh, you know, fairly straightforward. And, and it kind of points out, um, the, and what's interesting is it points out the, the current modal share. So the current public transport modal share along this route is 9%, which is pretty rubbish. And it points out that this route would be suited, potentially suited to bus or a kind of fancy bus or, or light rail. Uh, well, tram. We're going to call it tram. I need to stop calling it light rail. We're going to call it tram. So fancy bus or tram uh, ideally suit this route. Uh, and they talk about some of the connections. So, yeah, that, you know, that, that seems sensible to me. Um, they've said that it's not. Um, so the reason it's not tram train worthy is because that railway line is too busy. There's too much re- interregional traffic on that on the existing railway line so tram train there is no viable uh kind of uh heavy rail line with capacity um and they say with the with the capacity it can offer and the opportunity to integrate into regenerated communities and new developments like tram is the leading option so yep kind of with them on that good stuff that's the number one so number two uh bradford to leeds obviously this is an incredibly busy corridor um uh kind of these are the two largest centers of employment in west yorkshire um kind of an eight mile between eight miles between them but the this is this is kind of the eternal shame of, of britain um uh, matt reed we're probably going to be another 15 minutes i think it's my guess 15 minutes more um yeah the uh i'd say that it's a, a, a damning indictment of britain that the between two major urban centers within an entirely urbanized environment the public transport share is 8% in this corridor. That's just pitiful. So this corridor kind of is connecting kind of Bradford. It provi- it'll provide a connection between the two Bradford railway stations. Um, connecting those two with actual heavy rail is, it might look nice on a map from a distance, but it's not a particularly realistic um, proposal from a, from a practicality perspective vertically uh, or operationally. So um, this is a good way to connect the two. Um yeah, so it goes through, uh, is that Leicester Dyke, Pudsey, Bramley, Wortley, and into Leeds Station. So it's kind of um, basically almost a straight line, kind of coming up through, um, kind of through, yeah, kind of whizzing the way through uh, through Bramley, kind of through Stanningley and Bramley, and then, and then connecting back. So that's nice. And this, so th- th- again, this is saying that they favour tram, even though they list fancy bus, uh, light rail and tram train as options on here. They say that they, they favour um, tram as the leading option. Again, I think it's because the existing heavy rail network is quite well saturated here, and particularly with with the unknown 
you know, with, without the knowledge of what NPR might look like, um, if NPR is using the existing railway network here, which please, dear God, let it not be. But if it is, then there will be no capacity for things like tram train, let alone kind of in, increased kind of urban rail services. So that that's that corridor. Next, South Leeds to Dewsbury. So um, again, nice map. Uh, again, you know, very urbanised area. Only seven percent of people use public transport to get to work. Um, but what's interesting, actually, in all of these, and this is a statistic that people just continue to forget about, people with a conservative mindset believe that poor people drive, which is just nonsense, because all of these, so the, the, the first route, 41% of households don't have access to a car or van. Bradford Leeds, 42% of households don't have access to a car or van. Um, and then South Leeds, when you get to South Leeds, that changes. 35% of households don't have access to a car or van. So, you know, you're talking about around 40% of people not having access to a car, which means that they just don't have access. They're relying on the bus system, which is crap in, in and around uh, West Yorkshire. So, yeah, uh, quite interesting. Uh, I'm glad they've put that there. I think it's a really critical statistic to include. So I, I like this report. Uh, just to put it out there, I really like this report. It's good. Um uh, Owen O'Neill is saying, surely uh, ultralight rail can offer just the same capacity as, as tram. Um, uh, no, it can't. You can't string them together in the same way because that requires additional strength um, to, to have things like couplers, which add mass. So it stops being ULR as soon as you have things like couplers. So that it exists only as a little pod. So um, I, I need to have the people from Coventry uh, in to talk about it. But um, uh, yes, um, in any case, so, so no, uh, ULR is low capacity. It's not a. It's not the same as tram. It's not a replacement for tram. It's like a. It's like a. Uh, it's like a gateway drug to trams. Uh, ULR. It's not a replacement for trams. So uh, yeah, this, so the South Leeds to Dewsbury. This is connecting up from like. Um, uh, what's the way to describe this route? Let me have a think. Yeah, so kind of like via the white. So they're, they're sort of talking about two potential routes here, actually. Like going via Ellen Road and the White Rose Centre down through Morley Batley and to Dewsbury, uh, but also like um, a park and ride at, at Tingley on the M62 uh, and kind of going via Hunslet uh, and kind of that side. So um, uh, in the direction of, but not reaching Castleford and around that way and then coming down to Dewsbury. Um, that's uh, again, yeah. So it's talking about major park and ride. That's quite a good M62 park and ride. That seems sensible to me because lots of people do drive from further afield into Leeds. So if they've got a park and ride, they can then get into the city centre. That's a good thing. Um, Again, yeah, capacity. Again, you see the capacity here. They're saying tram is the, the, the chosen option here, even though they've put fancy bus, uh, ultralight rail and tram on here. So you see a pattern emerging here um, that basically tram is, is the only thing that's really providing the capacity. Um, so that was South Leeds, Dewsbury. Now we're looking at Bradford, Dewsbury. Um, only 5% of people use public transport to get to work. Um, and I, probably these to indicate increased levels of you know, South, South Leeds and kind of, well, these parts potentially are including areas of slightly better, slightly um, slightly increased incomes. That probably explains the, the reduction in the number of households that don't have access to a car or van, because it's only 33% of households that don't have access to a car or van on this corridor. Um, again, the numbers are rubbish, though. So this is connecting from through Bradford, Brad, kind of probably using the same route, Bradford Forces Square to... to um, to to the city centre. So this is making interestingly. This assumes that that Northern Powerhouse Rail will have a city centre station. It's worth noting that. Um, uh, actually, does the other Bradford one do that as well? Yeah, it does. It does say Bradford City Centre. So whether that's a renaming of interchange. Anyway, yeah, it's interesting to observe that. Just a, always interesting what you can see shaped out the tr tree with these. Um, 
Ian Davis is saying, Middleton looks like it had a tram based on the width of the roads here. Uh, yeah, I can probably believe that, yeah. Uh, Click Eaton line, says Sarah. Oh, thanks, Sarah. Sarah, I've been missing your chat. Remember to at me, because I've, I've not been seeing much of you recently. You've, got some, you've been doing some Korean Easting as well. Um, anyway, I, thought, I hope you're well, Sarah. I hope, I hope I'm covering this with due diligence and, and due geographical uh, accuracy as well. Anyway, so that's that's going Bradford, down through South Bradford, through Holmwood, Lowmore, um, where there's the station, um, another park and ride, uh, chain bar park and ride on the M62 proposed, uh, through Cleckheaton, Heckman Dyke, and into Batley and Dewsbury. Um, so yeah, kind of almost going directly, well, kind of south, 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 southwest. Yeah, that direction. Um, yeah, again, there, so they, this is an interesting one. So they're, they're saying there are opportunities that, that ULR, ultra light rail or tram are, are options for this, for this route. So that's kind of interesting. Um, not quite sure why they're choosing to go for why they're saying ULR is particularly viable here over and and isn't on the others. Presumably because they they foresee it as having less as being less demand uh, driving less demand. Anyway, so Huddersfield Dewsbury. Um, this is uh, so interestingly. So this route runs from uh, Huddersfield through um, Bracknell, um, uh, Bradley, and then Murfield, uh, and then into Dewsbury. Um, kind of, kind of north northeastish. Oh, I said south south southeast. I should have said the last time. Anyway, Huddersfield, Dewsbury, thirty three percent of households don't have access to car or van. Uh, interestingly, they don't quote how many people use public transport on this one, which is kind of annoying because I, I like stat consistency. Anyway, uh, I'm sh- shaking my fist at the report people. Um, uh, Ella is asking with the car thing. The biggest barrier to poorer people owning them is the cost of running the darn thing, right? A mixture of cost of running it, places to store it, because areas of lower, um, you know, areas where you've got deprivation, either or kind of lower income areas, either you've got to pay for parking, you can't afford that, or there is no space for parking. But um, yeah, primarily the it's it's um, primarily it's the cost of buying, owning, running a car. It's it's prohibitive for large numbers of people. It's just assumed that it isn't because um, people's privileged frame of reference who are in power, they just see it very differently. Uh, they see a car as a default thing. Um, what else? Where was I? Oh, wittering on. So this one's interesting. Huddersfield Dewsbury, they say the choice of technology would need to consider likely demand revenue and benefits as well as implementation costs. They haven't committed to any cho- choice. They've broadly said that fancy bus, tram, or ultralight rail uh, works, but they've not... Again, this is on a railway corridor, so um, tram train isn't suitable because that railway corridor is too busy. These are the, the... Anything where TransPennine runs, basically. If TransPennine Express run on the line, then... It um it isn't happening. Uh, Sarah's point. Sarah Noble's pointing out the big problem. Uh, TM with this one is the A sixty two A six four four junction at Cooper Bridge, which is a mess. But there's plenty of land to expand out. Ah, interesting. Okay, yeah. So there's so there's a real challenge. So there's some geographical challenges on this um to be overcome on this particular route. Is that possibly a contributor to why they've not really decided how they're going to achieve it? Um, yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Bradford Halifax. Well, what number are we on now? That was uh. All oh, right, we're on number six, Bradford Halifax. So sorry for the flashing pages there. I hope it's not too flashy for anyone who's uh, photosensitive. Um, again, they've dropped the stats about uh, public transport usage on this one, which is kind of annoying. Uh, but and the numbers have reduced again, possibly because of um, uh, affluence uh, in the area. Thirty percent of households don't have access to caravan. Um, this route is well. This is a bit of a it's a bit of an all sorts this because it's kind of a bit of a loop in and around like through Halifax and over towards Bradford but then 
tying down to kind of tying down and connecting into like the the kind of the parallel to the railway through like Murfield, Ravensthorpe, and Dewsbury. And here they have looked at the possibility of a uh, tram train. Again, they've not they're kind of agnostic as to the options, but they're talking about um, they talk about reusing the disused Queensbury railway tunnel, which is quite interesting as well. Um, but they're talking about uh, a bus rapid transit, light uh, kind of tram. Uh, light rail, uh, ultra light rail, and tram train being viable options. So all of the four kind of um, candidate technologies, as they call them, uh, they think could be viable here. So yeah, that's um, it's an interesting one. Uh, this is quite a. It's not so much a route, but just sort of a a blob of mass transit serving quite a nebulous kind of little urban area. Um, people in yeah, Richard's pointing out the people in power usually live around the home counties which just rely on cars desperately yep um uh what people say uh, yeah josh likes caller saying it's much harder and more expensive to pass the test that's not true it's much easier to pass the test nowadays um uh yeah drivers these days are much worse but to be fair that's not necessarily people who've recently passed a lot of those people will be people who passed ages ago and have no interest katie fenn uh, lived in Sheffield City Centre for eight years, having a parking space, would have added a chunk to monthly rent and didn't need it. Uh, didn't want a house share. Yeah, absolutely, Katie. That's uh, I think people under kind of um, forget about the cost of parking in a lot of urban areas. And we don't we don't all have the ability to just park on our drives. Um, uh, yes. And even then, there's not a lot of room to park on the street if they're when you're house sharing. Yeah. A lot of the places, a lot of places around Leeds have like house, like large house shares um, where, you know, you've got seven people maybe living in a large kind of a large big sort of house thing and there's just no there's no space for not every one of those people can have a car so it's just not not, not viable uh, insurance is very expensive for young people as well absolutely um uh right sarah's saying that um she can tell me right now that the south halifax part is going to be a headache because of the 11 percent gradient just outside of calderdale royal no doubt but uh yeah one in a one in ten is viable for for trams it's not a, not the end of the world um Yes, so so you so you Sarah reckons probably going to follow the current rail line. Yeah, it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting to think about whether they expand rail corridor. You know, do things like um, sheet piling and just expanding the width of the rail corridor. I don't see, I never see why that's too much of an issue. So long as yeah, okay, it involves getting close to the close and personal with the railway. But if we're going to have an integrated transport system, why not do some clever things like that? Anyway. Simon's biggest frustration with the car poor people thing is the perception of public transport being crap or expensive, whilst car running costs are often forgotten and also expensive. Absolutely. Um, uh, Owen O'Neill is pointing out that they need to, we need to kick Highways England out of the Queensbury Tunnel. Yeah, yeah. There's 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 some more there's more going on there than meets the eye at Queensbury Tunnel. It's not just it's not quite just the case of HE being the baddies in this one. I think there's a few different people from different quarters pulling a few different other people's legs uh, on that one. Halliford, uh, Bradf- uh, Halliford, Halifax, Bradford, or Bradford, Halifax, should I say. That's our big loop, mixed all sorts. Let's look at Wakefield and Five Towns. So that's um, Wakey plus, uh, wait, what are the f- what are the five towns? There? Is it Castleford, Normanton, Featherston, Pontefract, and Nottingley? Is that the five? Uh, I presume it is. Or are they, go- or are they talking about um, Woodlesford? It's kind of hard to tell. Where are they actually going? Let me have a look. So this route, again, this is a bit of a nebulous route, this one. And again, they're talking about the fact they're not sure which, which option works. Um, so it's going from Wakey, out past the hospital, um, to um, uh, heading up to, through Woodlesford towards Leeds. So Hunslet Leeds, so kind of following the railway there. 
um, a railway that will have HS2 next to it for quite a lot of its length, and then go in the other direction down through Castleford, Normanton, all, all the kind of the mining towns around there. Um, if you drive around there, the roads are huge and too big and wide because they're all upgraded to carry extra coal traffic, like coal HGV traffic. It's, it's, it's a very weird part of the world um, around there. The roads are huge and strange. Uh, Peniston, Ella, is um, uh, south of Huddersfield. It's further over. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of a bit of a weird figure of eight with a it kind of looks like a little symbol. It's all very strange. Um but they're basically saying options to be developed. There's a, there are a lot of options of things they'd like to do connectivity-wise there. So that's Wakefield and Five Towns. Um, oh, wait. The, the five towns they've just listed are Hunslet, Belle Isle, Cross Green, Rothwell, and Woodlesford. Oh. That's a sort of a strange list of... Anyway, I thought it would be more the main urban hubs, but no, it's not. They're, they're, those are the five towns. Oh, no, that, sorry, I'm wrong. The City of Wake is an important commercial centre. The five towns are Pontefract, Castleford, Normanton, Nottingley, Featherston. Yeah, okay, that makes more sense. I'm there. I'm, I'm less confused now. Um, so, yeah, Peniston's in South Yorkshire, not in um, not in West Yorkshire. Right, next one. So, again, they're not sure what, what's going on for this one. Right, Bradford and North West Leeds. So, this is heading in. Uh, this is kind of heading from, uh, like, like Bradford... Uh, Shipley, uh, kind of Belden, Geisley, Otley, and the airport—that vague sort of direction, the, that kind of that kind of running, kind of uh, southwest, northeast direction. So, so kind of, yeah, connecting up the the NPR city centre station up, going towards potentially Apperley Bridge into the state to the airport, or going uh, up towards Geisley and, and Otley uh, in that direction. Um, and they've they've written off uh, ultra light rail. They, they've pointed out for as an option for this one. Oh, by the way, so we've had thir- Bradford Halifax was 30% without a car. 31% was Wakefield Five Towns without access to a car or van. I think that's probably partly as, of the slightly sort of suburban slash semi-rural nature of the, the kind of the space between these places. But we jump to Bradford Northwest Leeds, which is much better off. It drops down to 24% of households that don't have access to a car or van, which is interesting. However, at the same time, nearly 30% of the people in this area live within the 20% most deprived communities in England. So there's quite the contrast going on there. Really quite interesting. Um, they assume a railway station at the airport has done. Yeah, there is going to be the parkway station. And I think whether they then, how that ends up manifesting itself, whether they go, whether the tr- whatever they propose here goes through the parkway and then up the hill, or whether they assume that the railway is going to do a weird shooty up underground thing. I don't know. Um, there are pla- the, st- the station is planned there. Um, how that then there is a parkway station plan but in terms of yeah um, in terms of how it actually connects with the airport which by the way is on a massive hill if anyone wasn't sure um, that's uh, that remains to be seen right so what they comment on choosing their mode here is the interface of the rail network means that tram train is the leading option for the west western option of this uh, route topography means that fancy bus appears more appropriate um, for the eastern option so basically they're saying if you go uh, through like Shipley, Geisley, and towards Otley, you're going to go for tram train. If you go up to Leeds Bradford Airport, you're getting a fancy bus. So make of that what you will. Right, North Leeds. This is the last, number nine, the last uh, bit, the last option, the last route corridor, if you like. And this uh, 9% of people using public transport within this uh, kind of area, 31% of households not having access to car or van, this covers a lot. So this covers like across from. This covers a lot of quite well-off areas as well as some less well-off areas. Um, 
so this is a connection up to Leeds Bradford Airport through going up through sort of Kirkstall uh, and Horsforth and, and up to Leeds Bradford, but also going the other direction up through LGI, the the, the, the hospital that is, uh, past the arena, St James's Hospital, and out to East Leeds Parkway or sorry to East Leeds Park and Ride, and then potentially going up to Chapel Allerton. As I say, Chapel Allerton has felt a bit um, a bit underserved throughout all of this, which is interesting. Um, yeah, wait a minute, what? Yeah, have we got the big map? Yeah, there's not much that goes up in that direction, is there, actually? There's a distinct lack of service going up to Chapel Allerton, which um, which is interesting. We talk about um, providing a service to some of the more ethnically diverse parts of the city, and yet Chapel Allerton, well, it has a line here, but whether that whether that's an option rather than a dedicated line, I don't know. It's kind of interesting. Um, yeah, so... Um, Again, they've they've said that tram is basically the leading option for whatever this ends up looking like. Um, yeah, I don't really. There's not much to say on this one. They just it's just the, the railways are too busy slash don't exist. Um, you can't use. You could maybe use some tram train on the line, kind of going through uh, Horsforth. You know, kind of going through Headingley and Horsforth in that direction. But that then undermines the frequency of the of the of that the Huddersfield Huddersfield. The Harrogate service, so mixed feelings on that. Yeah, this one, and they, which is why they've said like they've said sort of tram is the leading option. So it's just I think it's fair enough. Um, yeah, oh, I've already run on twenty minutes. I'm so sorry, everyone. Anyway, so right, this is the interesting thing. So that was all the lines. I don't know how useful that all was. Um, uh, yeah, I kind of agree that Leeds Bradford Airport is stupid, and the best thing to do is actually to close it. But you'll never get that happening because of local people, the kind of local authority people's egos. They never want that to happen. Um, so, sorry, uh, accelerating delivery mass transit. So they talk about funding. The government is committing to a five-year integrated transport settlement with WICA starting da 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 from. This is the stupid thing. They, everyone talks about the four point two billion pounds available. But the, that that money is not for WICA. It's from a big pot of local authorities can spend from this, which is just how backwards Britain is. It's like, no, this is a mass transit system that's clearly a good idea, necessary. Just fund it. Just fund it. Fund it. <laughs> just it justifies its existence. Therefore, it justifies the guilt to pay for it. Fund it. Don't make author- local authorities battle each other to to compete for one pot of money. All of these places need mass transit. All of their mass transit systems justify being funded. What pe- what period, what time period that funding comes on can be discussed. But don't make them compete for a blinking pot of money. It's pitiful. Ah, this country's a joke. Anyway, um, so they're saying that our ability to truly accelerate the delivery of these ambitious proposals is subject to long-term certainty over funding and the strength of the business case. We set out in this document our ambitious plans and look forward to working in partnership with central government to deliver them. Well, that's where it all falls down, you see, I'm afraid. So if we go up to the top, you can see there's the kind of bit of a timeline. And they talk about phases one, two, and three. So there's kind of a hierarchy of what's going to get delivered when. So phase one is looking at like Bradford leads um, up to kind of up through to East Leeds uh, Park and Ride, down to Dewsbury. That's phase one. Phase two is looking at uh, what is it? Kind of round day Horsforth round up to the airport. Um, heading down towards yeah five five towns and down to Huddersfield, uh, phase three. I can't actually tell if it's on the map. I don't know if they've actually really decided where phase three is. In any case, you can see it's kind of a, a staged approach. Um, 
Yeah, so on that little timeline at the top corner, you talk about like focusing on COVID and yeah, focus on recovery from COVID nineteen and Brexit. Isn't it funny that we just, uh, without any questioning, people are talking about recovery from Brexit? Look at that, wonderful. I thought it was all going to be sunlit uplands. Anyway, um, yeah. So this also says when the OBR are expecting the economy to return to pre COVID levels. So that's kind of twenty twenty four. Um, 2025 is kind of when the a lot of the transforming cities fund money is going to be spent on bus walking and cycling schemes. Then they're talking about TRU being up, kind of being delivered, transparent route upgrade being delivered, kind of in the between 25 and 30. NPR starts being delivered just before 2030. That's what they reckon. And then the car, net carbon zero, net carbon zero happening by 2037 is what they've put here by the look of it, 2030, between 2035 and 2040. And then they're saying 2040, HS2 arrives in West Yorkshire, which is a depressingly delayed state of affairs, isn't it? What a a damning indictment of our um, central government's interest in investing in this country, frankly. Anyway, so that's the sort of timeline, but all of it relies on um, government getting involved, and government has no interest in getting involved at all. So there we go. Um, oh, that's it. That's the end. That that is that is indeed the there's the, the final page. There is just telling you what. Oh, the, the point they're saying is: Have you have we understood the challenges and issues faced? Are we connecting the right places? Have we identified the right mass transit technologies? Our engagement begins in January twenty one and runs to the eleventh of April twenty one. Go and get involved, everyone. Get involved. But most importantly, write to your MPs. Again, the thing that makes central government notice is when there's MPs getting angry letters and emails from people saying sort your shit out um yeah anyway there we go uh let's whiz back to uh let's whiz back here uh and uh oh it's just a picture of west yorkshire combined authority let's bring my massive face back we're there we are there um there were some questions uh coming through um hopefully i'll answer most of them what happens next uh very little government will do some weasel words and we'll see it all um, lots of nice sort of sounding sound bites from local government, and as we've seen by the current government, they're very un- they're just uninterested in, in any sort of local solutions. They're wanting to bring everything back to back to London, back to Westminster, um, and control it all from there. And um, and as a result of that, they're not interested in locally driven solutions. So um, what will probably happen is that this will get kicked into touch. Um, central government will come up with its own sort of half baked half version of this that'll then attempt to be get to get funding from treasury that'll then get pulled um or delayed or altered or whatever and we'll just see uh, we'll we'll just see this get kicked into touch that's the reality of what will happen if nothing changes if however you want things to change vote the current lot out at the earliest possible opportunity you have and vote for basically anyone else but ideally vote for the person who's most likely to result in your tory mp getting the boot uh, vote tactically uh, is all I can say when they next have the opportunity to. Yeah. Um, yeah, basically, yeah, Richard Smith is right. What happens is uh, government will ask for a new version of this when they say everything's changed in a few years and it'll just keep kicking into touch and more money gets wasted on consultants and more money gets wasted by poor local authorities in trying to spend waste, the cycle of waste of new report None of these things changed. Those routes are the same ones that have needed to be served for decades. Just get on with it. Anyway, but tell, the reason I'm saying this in a in a, like an, an irate way is to encourage you to write to your MPs and express that the same way. Um, Andrew Thompson, this May, absolutely, this May is the time. Oh, right. 
Thanks for listening to this, folks who did so in audio version only. I hope that was reasonably well described. I bounced around a bit a lot. I know the people in dis- other Discord servers and mine moaning about the fact that it- I bounce around like I have ADD. It's because I do. Um, but it's it's interactive. The whole point is that it's live and interactive and good fun. So um, listen in audio format, thanks. What what next? What What's the next thing I'm going to say? Oh, uh, I do have announcements related to this, actually. Patreon. Um, I've changed currency on the Patreon from... Um, euros to pounds because it makes my uh, tax number when I did myself I had to do my first self assessment relation to this it made the it made the the money a bit a bit more nightmarish I, it was a good gag and I was pleased at the idea of having it within uh, within euros but actually um, yeah I needed to uh, yeah I, I needed to change it to pounds to make billing a bit more easy so hopefully that might make some of your uh, billing a bit more straightforward too. Um, for those of you based in the UK. For those of you based in the US, it'll make no difference, I'd imagine. And for those of you in Europe who uh, who PayPal, who um, Patreon me cash, it's probably made your lives a bit... I don't think anything's actually changed for current Patreons. So well, if you've got any problems, just message me, basically, and I'll try and work it out. The Discord server is a thing. It's chaos. Uh, people will shout about their bingo results in the chaos chat afterwards, uh, I'm sure. And PayPal, if you don't fancy all the fa- fuss of Patreon or any of that, and you just want to throw me loose change on PayPal, you can. Uh, it'll mean that I... Um, it'll add into the kitty. It'll make my tax returns uh, more complicated, but it'll mean that I can sort of justify my time doing these because it's... You know, the more time I can spend doing these, the, the better they get. Don't laugh. Don't laugh. <laughs> ah, yeah. Branchline banter. I was on the latest episode, and it was a lot of fun. I um, I uh, murdered Johnny through through the art of um, of uh, double entendre. I uh, I I sighed and and made grunt noises as Ella t- teased me and trolled me using words like uh, hyperloop. And uh, generally, it was good fun. Uh, it's very long, uh, but that's kind of nice. It's kind of nice to listen to in the background, and you realise you missed a bit, and then you skip back by ten minutes, and then you and by a couple minutes, and then you listen again. It's good. It was really good. Um, uh, I'd recommend it. It was very good fun. Um, go and have a listen to it. It's available on all of the same podcasting platforms that I previously mentioned for Rail Matter. Um, Branchland Banter, there we go. Uh, what else? What, what else is the thing? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tim. <laughs> go and uh, go and listen to... Go and listen? Go and watch uh, Tim on yesterday. It was a, The last episode was a really good one. Some fantastic Leipzig, uh, the underground, uh, the kind of the cross-city line under under Leipzig is just... It, yeah, I mean, Birmingham needs that, by the way, as does Manchester. It needs a proper underground cross-city line with proper, massive, epic stations underneath. Um, anyway, uh, this was... Uh, this was it's, yeah, it, it was it was a really good episode and uh, had some lovely stuff from North Devon, which is where my half my family are from. So it's my uh, kind of my roots, my roots. Oh, dear, it's an hour and a half already. An hour, one hour, 26 this has been going on for. I'm so sorry. Um, right. Uh, I made people uh, lots of people saying that the podcast made them laugh. Good. I'm glad. Well, that's that. That's nice. Um, next. Oh, John. John Morgan Christoph is joining us, I think. Is John in the chat? I don't know if John's in the chat. I think he watches these later or listens to them. Um, John is joining us to talk about space shuttle rocket boosters. You might be thinking, what? But this is in relation to the um, to that stupid uh, thread that went viral. The first time Permanent Way went viral on the Twitter um, and I was moving a house so I couldn't, I couldn't get involved in the fun and tell people they're all fools for sharing it and thinking it's a good idea because it's utter nonsense. But um, this episode is going to be all about that and I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be good. Um, 
Right, let's bring my big old mug back, shall we? Uh, let me do... Yes, so... <sighs> That's it. It's, it. We're done. One hour, 27 minutes. Um, thanks for joining. I hopefully got through most of your queries and questions and thoughts. Uh, I'm, Dave Cardboard, am I planning one of these on Warrington? Uh, it got no media coverage, so presumably it all went well. Oh, good point. Uh, yeah, it got no media coverage, which I think means that they finished driving the box. I didn't. I, I need to go and check the East Coast Upgrade Twitter account, actually. They usually post good pictures on there. Uh, that's where to go for all the updates. I, we do need to get a Warrington dive under chat. Actually, I know the PM on the King's Cross remodeling. I need to speak to her and get her to talk about uh, King's Uncrossed as well. In any case, um, oh... That was that was that was a fun episode. Actually, I enjoyed that. I always love a PDF turn, page turn episode. Uh, <laughs> anyway, all 123 of you, you're all wonderful, and I will see you uh, next week for for more of this. If not on Friday for streams or whatever happens. Anyway, take care of yourselves. Cheerio, cheerio.